This is the Carl Miller Show, where we talk about all things real estate, financial investments, and getting into a home you love. With over 15 years of experience, this is your host, Carl Miller. Good morning. You're listening to The Carl Miller Show. I am your host, Carl Miller, principal broker at Carl Miller Realty, LLC. We're located at 7700 Timberlake Road in Lynchburg, and we are your caring, competent, trusted advisor for real estate sales and service. Today's topic, is the home ownership dream still worth the pursuit? And why is blame so unproductive? And is, is it even possible to hold others accountable? We're going to be joined by best-selling author Michael Lennington today to discuss principles in his new book, Uncommon Accountability. Thanks to our sponsor this month, Home Warranty Incorporated, with local regional representative Doug Knoll. As a former basketball coach, Doug knows the importance of a strategy and a plan when it comes to protecting expensive and critical appliances. He knows homeowners need a plan too. A home protection plan from Home Warranty Inc. provides 14 months of coverage and, if repairs are needed, allows for your choice of a qualified service contractor. Doug Knoll is an active local rep. He's happy to answer your questions and educate you about the plan. To learn more, call Doug at 260-557-4667 or visit HomeWarrantyInc.com. Don't drop the ball. Protect what matters with Home Warranty Inc. You're in good hands with the coach. It's time for a new featured listing from Carl Miller Realty. This week's featured listing is located on a ridge that offers, in my opinion, one of the best views in the area. And I think it's one of the best kept secret locations just 15 minutes of town. Mount Vista Drive borders the Holiday Forest subdivision, but it's zoned agricultural. And it's not in the subdivision. There are no homeowners association fees. And this property straddles an elevated ridge offering amazing views to the east overlooking Campbell County countryside And downtown Lynchburg is to the west, about eight miles as the crow flies. This property offers options to catch amazing sunrises and sunsets. With almost nine acres, the lot includes a drilled well and offers tremendous value. Priced at just $1099, don't miss out on this prime location on a paved road. Well, Yancey Campbell, our marketing director at Carmel Realty, is my co-host as always today. Welcome, Yancey. Good morning. Hey, Carl. Good morning. So what do you have going on that you're most excited about in the office right now? Oh, it would be hard to pinpoint one. We have so much going on. Um, well, we learned last week in our show that Marie and Lainey are coming on. So that's been really awesome just getting to know them and starting to work through you know, them joining our brokerage and stuff. So that's probably like the highlight of what February's been so far. Sure. Another thing is our giveaway. I mean, that's awesome. And yeah. so we, you know, we'll see who Valen- wins that. Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, right. exactly. And that that concert's actually tonight. Yeah. The Lynchburg Symphony Orchestra that's with right. the with the Love and the LSO, the Lynchburg Symphony Orchestra. So yep. we were just really honored to work with Mike Lewis and the Lynchburg Symphony and they gave their last two tickets to us. Absolutely. I, although in all fairness, we bought them a long time ago. We did. We we were prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. but that's going to be a great event tonight. That's right. And then we also this is this is something small from a marketing perspective that I got excited about, but we now have Carl Miller show mugs oh. that we're giving to everybody that comes on our show. So, even our guest today is going to have a mug, you know, shipped to him. So That's pretty fun. Yes, Anthony, you can have a mug too. <laughs> there you go. Anthony is our uh, the fun producer that always makes us sound amazing. So, we're we're just uh, as you mentioned too, we're so excited that uh, Marie Mitchell and Lainey Thompson, longtime agents in Alta Vista, joined our firm simultaneous with the longtime broker and professional Aaron Short and his wife Ann Short officially retiring uh, from Alta Vista after over four decades of service to the mm-hmm. Alta Vista market. So we're just honored to have them on board, and this really opens up some really good opportunities for Carl Miller Realty. Yeah. And so we can serve the community even better. 
Well, in, in the interest of authenticity and full disclosure, we actually are recording this show a, a little bit early. We're recording this a week early because, as we speak, I'm actually out of the country in Tanzania attempting to summit one of the, the tallest freestanding mountain in the world at 19,340 feet. Mount Kilimanjaro is one of the seven summits, seven highest continents, uh, mountains in the continents. And uh, it ranks below Mount Denali in the U.S. and above Mount Everest in Russia. So if you're listening to live today, we should be, we, our crew, should be above treeline on day three of a seven-day trek working our way towards the summit. So That's so cool, Carl. When I come back, I'll have lots of stories, no doubt. Oh, yeah. We should just do a whole radio show about your expedition and adventures. We can do that. Adventures. So <laughs> ne- next week, Yancey's going to take over the microphone, as she did a few weeks ago, and, and keep you entertained and informed with some really good insights. That's right. So before I introduce our special guest today, I want to just address the question, is the American dream of home ownership still worth the pursuit. And let's be honest, it's a very tough pursuit today. There's little inventory, it's a crowded market, and and multiple offers are the norm. Our Constitution states that as Americans, we have unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And one of the key desires of all people is is safe shelter. It's one of our needs, you know, food, clothing, shelter, right? Mm -hmm. And in America, that desire manifests in the form of desiring not just a safe home, but a home that is actually owned. And we can still afford houses in America, whereby you as the owner have the freedom to improve, modify, and buy into an equity position as mortgage money is paid down and appreciation of the property occurs. Today, there's no doubt that the pursuit of home ownership, it's hard. It's harder in Greater Lynchburg than we've seen in the past 40 years for sure. And and it was hard 40 years ago just by virtue of the fact that the interest rates were so high. You know, homeowners buying homes 40 years ago had rates north of 15% APR. And today the rates are insanely low, but as a result, prices are high and mm-hmm. even more challenging. It's just a simple lack of inventory. As oh, we're, absolutely. Uh, we're seeing that in our office. But I'm just here to proclaim to listeners say the pr- pursuit is still worth it. You know, real estate purchases have never been easy, but it seems very few things that are valuable in life are easy, whether it's committing to a lifelong relationship or standing firm in your, on your principles in the face of adversary or climbing high mountains like I'm getting ready to do, or uh, deciding to leave a comfortable job or career to pursue your internal passion because it's in your heart. And you know, deep down, it's the right thing to do. Or in the case of us, we're doing this every week, helping people buy homes. Yeah. Take heart though, because uh, three things. First, house payments are locally, are, are still more affordable than renting, especially with the rising rent rates. Secondly, there's still a lot of room for appreciation in Lynchburg. And third, new houses are entering the market every week. And yes, there may be competing offers, and it may take you as a buyer putting in offers on two, four, maybe even 10 houses before your offer is accepted. But but don't give up. There are a few things more fulfilling than receiving the keys to a home that meets your needs today, whether buying your first home, upsizing, buying an investment house, or downsizing. Home ownership is still worth the pursuit, and we'd, we'd love to help you. We have the skills, the knowledge, and the experience to help you achieve your home ownership dreams, so don't give up. One of our stated goals with all of our clients is that we reflect back on the decisions we made in six months, 12 months, five years with no regrets, mm-hmm. and we can move forward with confidence because we made, made an informed decision. So if you have fears or concerns about your housing decisions, we're, we're here for you, and we'd love to help you get where you want to go. I love that because that also reflects our caring, competent, trusted advisors You know, in our slogan. Yeah, absolutely. We are here for you to care for you and be trusted advisors. Well, I am so excited today to welcome back a special guest, Michael Lennington. He, he's a... Uh, The vice president of the execution company that implements lasting change in organization. He's a consultant. He's a coach, a leadership trainer, and I'm honored to call him a friend as well. In fact, Michael and his wife, Coach Kristen, came to Lynchburg in August of 2020 when Carl Miller Realty launched 
And he spent the day with our agents and staff, and, and that wrapped up in a fun evening up at our Amherst County cabin with some other mutual friends. Michael is a New York Times bestselling author who co-wrote The 12-Week Year, and he recently re- released another book he wrote called Uncommon Accountability. So welcome to the show, Michael. Well, thank you, Carl. I appreciate that. And I uh, just want to let you know, both Chris and I are both honored to be your friends as well. And, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about my book for a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's so much content we could discuss today because you are a content-filled guy. You you have a, a podcast <laughs> I enjoy listening to and your, your material. I just I, I enjoy reading what you write. But let me ask you, why, why write another book, especially a book with the word in the title that most people associate with a negative emotion, the word that we all know we need, but it seems like we we hate to implement what that word accountability. Can you introduce what your primary objective is with this book, uncommon accountability? Yeah, absolutely, I appreciate that. Um, accountability has probably got almost as many titles as any other book out there. You know, there's there's a lot of books written about accountability, um, and I think one of the challenges that we find is that people don't really quite understand what accountability is, and um, so accountability was something that was in our first book, The 12-Week Year, and we believe that accountability is, is absolutely foundational to success and getting results in life. And we don't think, I don't think anybody who's long-term successful can be that way without also being personally accountable. Mm. So we thought we, want, we wanted to write a little bit about accountability because it is so foundational to success, and we have, we have a unique view of it. Mm. Very good. That's really good. Michael, can you tell me who's, like, who specifically was this book written for, if you could give a type of person? Well, I think I think it's written for everyone mm. uh, at one level. Anybody can read the book and get some value from it because it talks about taking personal accountability and how do you do that and, and what does accountability really mean. Mm-hmm. But also, if you're a leader, um, if you if you lead a team um, or if you lead people at church, you lead people at lead people at home. However, you lead, understanding what true accountability is is going to make you a more effective leader. So it's also for leaders. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Michael, this book here kind of follows on the coattails a few years later of the book that you wrote called The 12-Week Year. And and is there a correlation? Like, did you kind of write this sort of as a follow-up or as a standalone book to The 12-Week Year? What's what's your take on that? Well, it's in a way, it's a follow-up, but it's also a standalone. I mean, you can read the, the book and, and you don't need to have read The 12-Week Year. But the reason that it's a follow-up, in a sense, is because... We would, we would talk to leaders as we did our live events and our training events about what accountability was. And those were always really powerful conversations um, full of insights and, and kind of breakthrough thinking. And so we thought, you know, let's, let's actually just focus in on this one topic because, because it is so powerful and it, and it affects so many of us. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. We're speaking with Michael Lennington, New York Times bestselling author and recently released book, Uncommon Accountability. And when we come back, we're going to learn with Michael, why we can't hold others accountable and why blame is so counterproductive. We're back with the Carl Miller Show. I'm Carl Miller along with our marketing director, Yancey Campbell. And joining us on the phone from the horse country of Lexington, Kentucky, New York Times bestselling author Michael Lennington, who wrote the book, The 12-Week Year, along with his business partner, Brian Morant. And recently, they released another wisdom-filled book, Uncommon Accountability. Thanks again for joining us, Michael. Oh, thank you for being here. Let me be here. So I wanted to just ask you real quick, if listeners are just tuning in, haven't heard of Michael Lennington, want to learn more about you, what's the best place they can go to, to find you? And, and uh, what's, where, are you, where can we find you, Michael? 
Well, if you're looking for me specifically, michaellennington.com. Okay. Uh, Michael is, is M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Lennington is L-E-N-N-I-N-G-T-O-N. Um, but that's, that's if you're looking for what I'm up to lately. But we also have a website for the book called UncommonAccountability.com. And if you, you're interested in learning more about why accountability and the way it's misunderstood, misunderstood is an issue, um, that's a great place to go. Great. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more in this half of the show. So, Michael, you talk and speak about mindset a lot. Can you define what you call in your book the victim mindset and what that is versus what you label the accountable mindset? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, we have this thing in the, in the 12 week years called the RAP model, and mm-hmm. it basically just talks about why our results look the way they look. And ultimately, the, the results we get in life are the outcome of the actions we take, and the actions that we take are driven by the way that we think. So mindset is really a fundamental piece in a lot of our work in terms of helping people to accomplish better results and accomplish things that they, they've been trying to make happen. So what we want to do is really talk a little bit about the mindset of an unproductive mindset around, around accountability and a productive mindset around accountability. So we label one of those mindsets the victim mindset. And I just want to be clear, um, we're not talking about what, what psychologists call the victim syndrome. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that that really happens to people who are are victimized by others, you know, abuse and molestation, things that are just terrible that that can just be a, a nuclear bomb in someone's life. We're not talking about the victim syndrome. Mm-hmm. We're talking about you know the average everyday, you know, you're blaming somebody else other than yourself kind mm-hmm. of mindset. We call that the victim mindset. And and the victim mindset typically is looking at reasons outside of themselves for why they're where they're at. So I blame other people. Um, I, I look to external events as the cause of cause of where I'm at right now, and and I can kind of be focused on that stuff. The problem is, is that I can't change it. I can't change the people. I can't change events, and mm-hmm. so I'm kind of stuck where I am. So the victim mindset is looking to, to assign responsibility or blamed external things that, that that have kind of created the situation that I'm in. And and the problem with that mindset is it's it, it's not very growth oriented. It's, it's it's focused on the past. Mm. So what we want to do is really talk about a more productive mindset, which is what we call the accountable mindset. And that doesn't that doesn't ignore the fact that external events and other people can affect our results. But instead of being caught by that and blaming those things, it's really about taking a look at where I'm at and how the choices of, of the way I think and the way I act created my current situation. Hmm. And then I can learn from that and I can make better choices going forward and I can, I can create different results in the future. So, so the victim mindset tends to be stuck in the past, whereas the accountable mindset is, is more proactive and looking at the choices that are available to me now and, and letting me make better choices. So those two mindsets create completely different behavior patterns and they create completely different life results. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. I I remember that rat model. You you talked about that in the twelve week yearbook, and you have this little chart. And if you just think of an acronym R A T vertical, you you have arrows pointing up, and it starts with the thinking, and the thinking does an up arrow to the A word, which is actions, and then that actions up arrow to the results. And so mm. the results all that we have in life all kind of stem from starts with our thinking, and you you re explore that and just go a little deeper with it in uncommon accountability. I just really appreciated that because there's so much wisdom in that little graph. And I think that's one of the things you're really good at, Michael, is taking um, complex uh, facts or principles of life and just breaking them down to an easily understandable format 
And what I liked about uncommon accountability, you you talk about that as an individual basis, but then you also talk about that in a structured, like a corporate setting as well, mm-hmm. and how the um, basically the the core values of an organization is is the thinking essentially, and that thinking is then drives what happens from an action, and then of course the results that any organization receives. It all stems from the same place, and it's just a brilliant little little diagram, and just. It's very powerful, and I just appreciate you revisiting that again. And it just and it just really brings home just some really cool life principles. No, I appreciate you saying that. I think when you think about it, a group versus an individual, um, you know, people get confused about what culture is, and there's been lots of books written on it. And I think I think it's so confusing sometimes for people is when you think about culture and how important it is in terms of results. It's really difficult to think about how you change culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. culture is is made up of the collective beliefs and thoughts and values of, like you were saying, of the, of the people on the team. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it that way, those things drive the behaviors of the team, mm-hmm. which create the results of the team. And so understanding culture as that kind of collective thinking, beliefs, values, all that stuff, um, really helps you decide how, how that needs to shift to create different results. So I think, I think, I appreciate your comments on that model. I, I do think it clarifies a lot of that stuff that leadership is about. Right. So, so basically, if, you, if you're going to be honest about that, if you don't have the results that you want in an organization, this is where that word accountable comes in, right? I mean, you kind of you kind of getting what what you put into that culture, and uh, you know, it's it's it. That's a deep topic, and we could talk about that for a long time. But I wanted to kind of jump to another question I had. You made a statement to me recently that we cannot hold others accountable. What do you mean when you say we cannot hold others accountable? Elaborate on that a little bit, Michael. That's a great question, and it's really closely related to that cultural conversation yeah. we just mm-hmm. had. Um, you know, so the way that we define accountability is is at the root of that problem. And I think that the way that that leaders um, define accountability is they see it as sort of a consequence management approach. So when I try to hold somebody accountable, and that's my that's my terminology, that's my thinking. What I'm really saying is is that I'm going to observe your behaviors and your results. And based upon those behaviors and those results, I'm going to apply either negative consequences because you didn't do what I hoped you would do or didn't do what I expected you to do, and your results weren't where they needed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to apply negative consequences. And in the moment that you start to do the things that I think you should be doing that drive the results that I'm after as your leader, then I'm going to apply positive consequences. And that's a really, in my view, a very manipulative way to manage people that's yeah. effective. I mean, people will change behavior when the consequences are applied. But there's a downside to that approach to leadership, and it gets back to the cultural question. Because when you start to hold people accountable in that fashion, you create resentment and pushback. Um, you create a blame culture because people are blaming external things and other people, not themselves. Because if I take ownership of my mistakes or my shortfalls, that's dangerous you know, for me because I'm going to get some kind of negative consequence, right? So you know, it creates this pushing off of blame on other people and other events, and it just creates this really negative um, culture, but it also as the leader, it's hard to be the consequence dealer. I, I don't want to be you know, hammering people for not doing what, what I want them to do. And you know, it's one thing to, to, to praise and recognize people. I think that's powerful. But when I'm sort of seen as the guy that's got the carrot, I'm, I'm kind of dangling out in front of my, my team, that's really manipulative. And, and yeah. it's not very fulfilling. Plus, <laughs> um, I can't manage a lot of people with that model. I've got to, I've right. got to have my eye on the process and eye on the results to be effective at that. So there's a lot of downside of that kind of attempt to hold people accountable. Sure. And so w- we can apply consequences, but accountability is a very different animal. And so the, the reason we can't hold people accountable is because accountability is, is individual free will choice. 
Mm-hmm. Do the things or not do the things that are in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately is a choice of what my goals are, what my vision is, what my aspirations are in life, right? So I get to choose what my life's about, and I get to choose you know, what my goals are, and I get to choose what the actions that I'm willing to take to accomplish my goals. And when a leader comes in and tries to take over that choice process, it really he's overstepping the bounds of healthy accountability. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, what, that's why I think that holding people accountable isn't possible. You can apply consequences, yeah. but you're actually doing the opposite. You're creating, you're creating a victim mindset, not an accountable mindset. Yeah, yeah, and you got some just some great illustrations in the book, and and I learned how Yancy, you'll appreciate this. I learned how not to be a leader with mm-hmm. negative consequences. So he gave the example in this book of this one organization where if the sales agents and the sales reps didn't meet their goals, mm-hmm. they had to go clean the team leader's car. Oh golly! <laughs> and Michael said that that if you're even thinking about doing that, they just throw the book away right now because there's no hope for you. So yeah, don't make it crossed my mind. But as soon as I read that oh, next okay. question, no, just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're speaking. We're, no, so just you got some really good uh, world life examples. I'm just uh, we're speaking with Michael Lennington, a New York Times bestselling author, just released a new book called Uncommon Accountability and. Michael's a friend of mine. I'm just really ha- glad to have him on board with us today. But, hey, let me just ask you real quick. Are you seeing a little bit of a cultural change in, in corporate uh, America about how organizations are really kind of buying into this? And, and rather than sort of top down, they're, they're involving their team and letting their, their executive staff and their employees kind of jump on board. I mean, are you seeing a shift in America with, with this whole topic, Michael? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a, definitely a cultural shift um, where people are, are not really – buying into the old model of, of, you know, the command and control process that's mm-hmm. been in place. And, and I don't know if they ever really worked very well, but yeah. certainly not working as well today as they, as they may have once worked. But, but it's really, I think, it, it kind of addresses what, what the culture is doing is, is having that, that view of my personal choice and my personal freedom to pursue what's important to me. Yeah. And I think that, that that's a really powerful change in the culture. And I see that happening in, in, in a lot of companies, too. I wouldn't say that there's one company that I'm super familiar with that, that's doing it the right way, yeah. but I have worked with leaders who are doing those things. And I think that where, where a leader kind of comes up alongside someone and talks to them about what's important to them in life, it really starts with that, right? About where, where do you want to go in life? Yeah. It's not, yeah. It doesn't do with the company you're in. It's what's important to you as a person. Mm-hmm. And I probably want to do that before I even hire somebody. Mm. I want to know what they want. And if we're a good fit, then then, that, then I'm going to recommend our company. But if yeah. we're not a good fit, then you know probably not. But if you think about that for a minute, if I if I actually tap into what people want in their lives, what's most important to them, sure, and then I can draw a clear line of sight between how being successful where we are right now in this company and 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 them accomplishing what's important to them in life, then I can I can then come up alongside them mm-hmm. and act as as a helper, a coach help them see where the choices that they're making are creating the results they want or where the choices they're making that are creating a different set of results that that don't line up with what they say they want in their life and and then i confront them with the with what they're capable of right yeah so it's not I'm, I'm not confronting them with consequences mm-hmm. or holding them accountable mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of i'm holding them capable yeah. of, of living their own life Fantastic. So That's great. Hey, let's let's shift topics a little bit and talk about blame. Yancy has a question for you. Yeah. So, Michael, you talked about the culture of blame and consequence management approach and all of that. But how does blaming collaborate with accountability? And why is blame so counterproductive? That's a, that's a great question. Um, all of us have had situations occur to us that somebody or something did something we didn't like, mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe dastardly even. But 
But when we blame people, and that's the initial response, and we kind of go through this this emotional cycle of change, which we you know we, we pass through different different stages. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't immediately have some negative emotional reaction to somebody taking advantage of you. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But when we lock in on that and we start to blame that person or that event for where we are in life, it, we two things happen. One is we're looking at the past, so we're not looking at what we're going to do next. We're looking at what just happened or what happened a while ago. And the thing about that is we can't change the past. So, mm. so we're powerless to change the past. And because we're blaming other things and other people outside of our control, that means we have no, no power over the future. And so when I talk about blame, I'm talking about the kind of blame that says, you know, I'd be happy if this person didn't do that, or I'd right. be successful if my boss wasn't this way. That kind of blame is so powerless um, that it that it keeps you from from getting better. Hmm. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And and wow, that's I got this is just that's good content. That's mm-hmm. great great stuff. And is there anything? So so if you get if you come across somebody who's got that mindset, how do you how do you coach them up? How do you get them to see outside of that where they may not even be aware that they're doing that? How do you how do you create awareness? Yeah. So so that path of of shifting their thinking is their path. They're, they make the choices about how their thinking shifts. If, you, if you're coming into that relationship trying to change how they think and how they see the world, um, you're, you're, you've got the wrong hat on. Mm-hmm. The, the right approach, in my view, to that is not to confront them with what you think they should think, but really just to confront them with the productivity of their current thinking. Yeah. Right? So I get that happened. I get that. I acknowledge that. It must have been tough. Um, what can you do about that now? Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm going, to, I'm going to ask them questions around what their thinking is currently giving them and what different thinking might might be that, that could be maybe the polar opposite thought about, well, that person really doesn't control me. I control my own life, right, which might be the opposite thought of blaming somebody for my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, then if I realize that shift, then the other stuff kind of flows naturally. So I'm going, to, I'm going to challenge them with the control they do have, the degrees of freedom they do have, and I'm going to challenge them with what they want and how what they're currently doing isn't taking them in that direction and challenge them with, the, with, with other ways of thinking and other behaviors might move them forward. But but the, the choice is always there. They, they're sure. the ones that are always going to have the power to decide to sure. do this or not do this. Yeah, yeah. You have a line, and, and you talk about this in the 12-week year, and it's also in this book, and that's just capable. You know, you hold people capable. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I, that, that's just a great spin on the word. And it's, it's, it's really good stuff. Mike, we, time flies when I'm talking to you. We're always, uh, <laughs> always out of time. And I just want to thank you again for joining us again. This is Michael Lennington, New York Times bestselling author, wrote the book, Uncommon Accountability. And Michael, if people want to find you again, what's that website one more time? And where's some resources if people want to learn and buy the book? It's, it's a great read. It's, it's well-written. A lot of really good, powerful life ins- insights here. But Michael, what's the best way for people to reach out to you or, or find you? Um, uncommonaccountability.com. Uncommonaccountability.com is probably the best way to learn more about what, uh, what, what the book's about and how we see it. Um, they can also, if they want to see what I'm up to lately, michaellennington.com. Super. And, um, or if they just want to learn more about execution, 12weekgear.com. Very good. Yeah, well, we, yeah, don't overlook that one because that's a, that's a lot of good resources <laughs> in that one too. And that's uh, changed my life, changed the way I do business, that's for sure. And I appreciate all the value you've added to yeah. me personally and, and the people in my life as well through the 12-week year and now Uncommon Accountability. Thanks again for joining us, Michael. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks, Yancey. And now, the bizarre real estate fact of the week. 
According to Realtor.com, there is a two-bedroom train car in Jacksonville, Florida that was for sale. And yes, it's already found its owner, or should I say conductor. There you go. (laughs) But you'll still want to see the inside of this unusual property built specifically for parties. It's pretty interesting, and I'd love to know what it sold for, Carl. I looked looked on, but there's no information available online. But this train car has been completely renovated into a place you can stay. So Creative use of the space. right. Very good. Well, well, thank you for tuning in to The Carl Miller Show. We are your caring, competent, trusted advisors for all things real estate. Thanks again to our month's sponsor, Home Warranty, Inc., and local rep, Doug Dole. With excellent service and homeowner choice of contractors, trust your home with a warranty plan that actually works. Reach Doug Dole with Home Warranty, Inc. at 260-557-4667 or visit homewarrantyinc.com. Don't drop the ball. Protect what matters with Home Warranty, Inc. And if you have real estate questions you want to answer on the air, send your questions to any of our social media platforms or the comment line here at WLNI at 434-333-2009. Join us next Saturday for another morning of the Carl Miller Show. And if you're looking to sell your house this winter or spring, contact us today at carlmillerrealty.com.